groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and 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 Joan Shingang, Shanga Koawa. Rubin Report. I'm Dave Rubin Chihuahua. It is July 10th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and locals. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell if you have not. Post game show, as always, at rubinreport.locals.com. I got a fresh haircut this morning. I'm feeling good. The team was averaging out at about a 9-7 on this Monday. We shall see. Uh, before we get going, I uh, want to tell you, I did a rare. It's very rare that they can get me to work on a weekend. But I did a rare Sunday interview yesterday, finally uh, sat down with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It was on the fly, uh, made it happen. We will be releasing it this week. We went into everything, we really did. We got into what's happened to the Democrat party. We got into some of our differences, say on uh, affirmative action. We got into the COVID stuff. We talked Trump, DeSantis, the craziness of the establishment, like all of it, censorship, everything. Uh, so clips and the uh, full thing coming out this week. Stay tuned on that. Uh, the theme of today is racism. Have you heard about this thing? It's the oldest hatred in the books. And it's a, uh, it's a cudgel, I would say, for not very thoughtful people to shut down anyone who disagrees with them on anything else. Uh, Dana White, you know UFC President Dana White, uh, he sh really, really shut down a reporter over the weekend who tried to racialize one of his upcoming fights. And I thought it was a good frame for what we could do today because it's what the media does with virtually every topic, right? It's, it's usually about race, but now it can be about gender, a couple other little things. Instead of dealing with the real issues of the day and how do we really solve problems, we just say, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe, wrap it up. Uh, but I don't think that the average American in 2023 is racist at all. I don't think there's virtually anyone that really wants racist policies, whether they're economic policies or policies related to college admissions or immigration or anything else. But the woke corporations seem to endlessly want to push it on us. And that is what we are going to be unpacking today. And before we do, let me talk to you about Patriot Supply. Guys, are you concerned about having enough food to eat in case of a sudden emergency? Grocery stores can get stripped bare within hours. If you don't have backup food on hand, you might find yourself relying on the government. That's the worst of all things. Uh, don't let that happen. My Patriot Supply is making a special offer to help everyone prepare for what's coming. Act now and you'll get a three-month emergency food kit plus a free water filtration system so you can have clean water to drink and cook with. Your My Patriot Supply three-month food kit gives you a wide variety of delicious meals and it provides over 2,000 calories a day, which is highly important for keeping up your strength and energy. Order today and get your free gravity-powered water filtration system, a $279 value as a bonus gift. The food and your free water filter are all shipped to your doorstep in discreet boxes with free shipping included as well. Go to preparewithruben.com, preparewithruben.com. And now back to me. All right, let's dive right into it. So 
Over the weekend, UFC had a, a big event. You may have seen some clips of it. Uh, this uh, orange man who used to be President Donald Trump, he even showed up, big applause from the crowd. Uh, but I wanna show you a picture here. Uh, this is a lead-in. So these were not the guys fighting over the weekend. Uh, this is Nigerian-born UFC middleweight champion of the world, Israel Adesanya, who currently lives in New Zealand, and he'll be soon facing off with next contender, South African fighter, Driscus Duplessis. Now, what's interesting about this is the South African fighter is the white flight fighter. Okay, I guess that's interesting if you just focus on race about everything, right? Because you might think Africa, it should be a black guy. Okay, this is just general sort of NPC thought. Anyway, after the, the fight that actually did happen over the weekend, Dana White was doing, you know, the post-game wrap-up, sitting there with the media. And the media, as they are with everything, they're, they're very focused on the racial element between this black guy and this white guy fighting. And I thought Dana White's response was just perfect. And this is sort of the energy that more of us need when it comes to these issues. You know, I know you say, hey, this is the fight business. People say nasty things, right? But the tension between those two and kind of the racial undertones and all those things, how do you... What were the racial undertones? Drigga uh, says he's the real African fighter, and so, you know, Israel dropped some N-words yeah. in there tonight. So what was the racial... Who did? Who dropped the, the racial... Is Israel it? was saying over and over, yeah. He's, he's black. 50 N-bombs in Okay, there. he's black. He... Who gives a... I was going to say, so you don't oh. have any concern about the way the build-up, the tension between those two? I could care less. This is the fight business. Israel Adesanya can say whatever he wants to say. Who gives a shit? Why, are, are people bitching about that? Some people, Of course yes. they are. Oh, hey. All right, got it. Yeah. Too bad. All right. Yeah. Let, last thing for me. I just love the attitude there because are people bitching about it? The reporters, some people, oh shit, not some people are bitching about something related to race. Also, the beauty of this, it's the black guy who's saying the N-word over and over, right? Like, it's just enough. We have all had enough of this. Nobody, if you are watching basketball, you're watching a UFC fight, you're watching football, whatever, hockey. Are there any black people in hockey? You get the point. Nobody, Connor, are there any black people? There's a black guy. There is one black guy. I'm being told there's one black guy in hockey. The point is nobody cares about race when it comes to sports. People do not care at all. You care about if someone can play. Can they punch hard? Can they dunk? Can they do whatever? Kick, etc. One black guy in all of the NHL? Jeez, interesting. Anyway, nobody cares about this nonsense. And it was really the reason I showed you that, really. I have a few more UFC things to show you because they're really sort of, the UFC situation is sort of becoming very culturally relevant in an interesting way. Uh, but the point is that the sports media does this, this endless racializing, right? The corporate press does it with everything. Our politics media does it with everything. And you know, they're always doing it every day on the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. So of course, the big thing last week was the Supreme Court of the United States making the correct decision on affirmative action, saying that race cannot be a deciding factor when admitting a student or not. We don't want to say to a student based on the color of their skin, you cannot come to this college because we've let someone else in based on the color of their skin. Well, Joy Reid over at uh, MSNBC, noted racist lunatic Joy Reid, she's pissed about this and she's, it's not just about affirmative action anymore for her. This is a blatant attack on minorities. 
<laughs> a really smart friend of mine um, said to me uh, this morning that what this Supreme Court ruling in affirmative action proves is that they're not against affirmative action because they're fine with it for like the well-to-do. What they're against is us. What they don't want is people who look like you and me in elite schools. It's just not true. It's just not true, but they keep saying it and a certain amount of people keep swallowing it. If Harvard was looking at the admissions, right? They got a resume from a white kid and a resume from a black kid and they were exactly the same. And every single time Harvard admitted somebody, they chose the white kid. That would be discrimination, right? That's actually what they've been doing when it comes to black kids and Asian kids, okay? So it has nothing to do with that. Nobody doesn't, there is virtually nobody in America that wants to discriminate against black kids at colleges or doesn't want black kids to get the job or anything else. As a matter of fact, at this point in 2023 America, you have every advantage in the corporate world, in the college world, across the board, uh, if you are a minority, right? If you are black, brown, or a lesbian, or whatever the minority, the hot minority of the day is. I can only imagine what it'll be in seven years, right? Like you have every advantage at that point. Nobody is taking the position that she claims that these people want. Uh, this was a good one though. Joy uh, last week admitted that the only reason she got into Harvard was because of affirmative action. Well, let me just be clear. I got into Harvard only because of affirmative action. I went to a school no one had ever heard of in Denver, Colorado, in a small suburb. I didn't go to Exeter or Andover. Yeah, I didn't right. have college test prep. I just happened to be really nerdy and smart and have really good grades and good SAT scores. Right. But someone came to Denver, Colorado to look for me. A Harvard right. recruiter flew to Denver and I met up with her at the Village Inn restaurant and did a pre-interview to get to to pull me into Harvard. I wasn't I was pulled in. And the, and the schools like Harvard and Yale that That's I got the, into, affirmatively. Yes. And it was literally not saying we're going to take an unqualified person and put them right. in Harvard. Yes. We're going to take a very qualified person who we would never know existed and put them in Harvard. That's how I got there. That's how Katanji got there. That's how Justice Jackson, I should say, Justice yeah. Jackson got there. It's how Clarence Thomas got there. Joy doesn't realize it, but she just made the greatest argument ever for affirmative action because Joy Reid, who is not bright, seemingly knows nothing about the Constitution or equality or any of the things that America is based on, but has become crazy successful since being put at Harvard because of her race and now makes millions of dollars a year to spout propaganda. Uh, if anything, that proves that affirmative action is ridiculous because we need better people than her communicating the news from giant corporations. But she, in essence, is a modern racist who's not that bright and who got the job. She's saying, basically, I got into college because I'm black and I got uh, this job at MSNBC because I'm black. But it continues. Sonny Hostin over at The View. Do we have a warning for the good people? Sonny Hostin over at The View is very, very concerned. She still thinks that we're in 1940s America. And uh, watch this. That the lived experience of uh, a white kid in Appalachia or hey, perhaps on a potato farm in uh, Idaho or, in is, Brooklyn. or in Brooklyn, Brooklyn is different in this country for a black student, yeah. whether that it's black student be wealthy or not, because this... Yeah country was founded on slavery. This is such epic bullshit. 
What an embarrassment ABC has done with the view. This country was founded on slavery. The country was not founded on slavery. As a matter of fact, we fought a civil war to end slavery not too long after our inception. There were countries that existed for hundreds and hundreds of years before us that continued the practice of slavery long after we got rid of it. Okay, but putting that aside, so that's just a lie and she's just an idiot. What she is trying to tell you, let's go. What she's trying to tell you is that Carlton had it worse than those poor kids. Those poor kids. What show is that again? I forgot. Little Rascals, right? Little little Buckwheat over there. He was hanging out with the white kids. Nobody was racist against Buckwheat. Look, they, they just, it's just pure nonsense. She's trying to convince you. She's try, it's so sad, actually. That's what she's doing. It's so sad. If you're a 15-year-old black kid and you heard that from Sonny Hostin and you live in Malibu, right? You're surfing during the day with your friends and you're being told that you are somehow more oppressed in this state that was, that was founded on oppressing your ancestors than the kid who's growing up in rural Kentucky with next to nothing. And we're supposed to believe this is, this is real and honest. It's just pure nonsense. And speaking of pure nonsense, Corinne Jean-Pierre, this woman, man, I, I owe this, I owe her cash at this point for the clips that she gives us. Here she is claiming that affirmative action, which is state sponsored racism is actually a constitutional right. What we saw last week, affirmative action, again, taking away, taking away important constitutional rights that have been in place for a long time. Let's not forget this, the president was when he was a senator, he was the chair of the Judiciary Committee. He is an expert on this. He understands how this works. A lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these unprecedented decisions that this SCOTUS has made, they have been held up in the past by Republicans, by Democrats. Right. And so there's so much changes that have happened in the past year. And it is it is, you know unheard of. It is really wrong what we've seen. Now I get, and you get, that MSNBC is not a place of journalism. I'm not sure who she was talking to in that clip, but wouldn't a, uh, someone that remotely ballpark was in the field of journalism, or at least pretending to be in the field of journalism if you're on MSNBC, wouldn't the next follow-up question be, what constitutional right is there to state-sponsored racism? You know, this is what they do with abortion all the time too, right? I mean, we played you a clip last week of Corinne Jean-Pierre saying that when they reversed Roe v. Wade, which just kicked it back to the states, and Kamala says this all the time, they've taken away a woman's constitutional right. So you'd have to show me in the Constitution, where does it say in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights that a woman has the right to an abortion? If you'd like to put that in the Constitution, if you'd like to add that to the Constitution, we have a legislative process that could make that happen. But it's not in the Constitution. Thus, in the case of Roe v. Wade, abortion got kicked back to the states. And there certainly, you will not find a legal scholar anywhere, which is why MSNBC doesn't put on real people. You will not find anyone, any constitutional scholar anywhere who would tell you that the right to discriminate is in the Constitution, right? It's actually the reverse of what's in the Constitution. Individual rights are in the Constitution. Equal protection under the law is in the Constitution. So, all right, I get it. It's a Monday. We're running with racism. You get it too. I've shown you how much the, that the media is trying to portray us all as divided racists. But the truth is that the majority of Americans actually feel like Dana White. That's why I wanted to start 
uh, with that clip. The majority of us are like, so somebody said something and that should frame all of us? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? But with all of that said, people like Joy Reid are trying to pin us as racists when we have actual concerns, right? You can have a legitimate concern about what's going on on our southern border and our immigration system uh, because maybe you don't want uh, what's happening in France right now or what's been happening in Germany for years or what's been happening in the Netherlands uh, with a completely broken immigration system and people flooding the borders uh, maybe you don't want that happening in America. Maybe we're being given a warning from across the world and we want to think about it uh, and talk about it honestly so we can come up with some solutions. Uh, one of the big things that happened last week, I think it was on Friday, uh, Tucker Carlson made a, uh, a mini return to the internet. Uh, he was on Russell Brand's Rumble show, so it was not going to be censored. Sorry, YouTube. Uh, and they started, they talked about pretty much everything actually. Uh, but I thought this was an interesting moment uh, where Russell asked, and you got to remember, Russell, who's mostly a lefty, right? I think he's he's shedding, I think, some of that stuff, but he's also very apolitical in a way. And he's, he's a brilliant, uh, curious mind, I would say. Uh, he asked Tucker, Tucker's feelings on immigration. And I think Tucker summed it up quite well. There are a lot of immigrants I love, including my best friend for whatever it's worth. Um, so I'm not, of course, I'm not against immigrants. Like, that's insane. Uh, but the way that the United States is doing immigration is designed to wreck the country and to make it unstable and to destroy any social cohesion whatsoever, or social trust, to make people hate each other and add to racial, yes, racial division, which I hate because it's not solvable. Um, in contrast to, say, class division, if we're arguing about class, well, at least class theoretically can change. I can ascend or descend classes but race doesn't change because we didn't we're not responsible for it we're created that way so you don't want racial conflict that's the one thing you don't want and i feel that in the united states our leaders not only want racial conflict but are stoking it yeah they damn well are whether there are political leaders most of them on the democrat side whether it's the corporate culture that's constantly pushing all of this nonsense where whether it's what we're being taught in schools, whether it's people that now think that the United States, like Sonny Hassan, was founded on slavery, founded on racism, that our found our true founding was not our founding, that the founding fathers were all evil, all, all of the stuff. You get it. But what Tucker's specifically talking about there, I think what makes it special, let's say, in America is because of that melting pot that we talk about all the time, right? The idea that everyone from every corner of the earth came to America, they came to America. Really, when I'm talking about this, I want you to think about your family. Think about your own family right now. Think about whoever it was uh, that came over to this country from your family. For me, it was on both my parents' sides. It was great, great grandparents on both sides from Eastern Europe. They came here literally nothing tenement houses, Lower East Side, just with the hope of living in a free nation. No one gave them anything. My grandfather grew up in a, in a one-bedroom apartment with six brothers and sisters. His father died when he was one, and then they had to move the entire family to his aunt and uncle who had like six other kids, and then it was basically 12 kids, pretty much under 10, living in two bedrooms, like all of the stuff, and your family has some version of that, right? I know they do because that's what that's how this country was founded. And everyone had a chance to make it better for the next generation. That's what I'm fighting for for the next generation of little people who are living in my house right now.
not little people, small children. They're, they're small children who are living in my house right now. <laughs> my plumber, my, my plumber is a little person. He's <laughs> I'm talking about the kids. I'm trying to make it better for the kids. But the little person, the little, you got it. Okay. Uh, but the point is, what Tucker's saying is most Americans are not against immigrants. And, it ha and, and if they have any reservations, it has nothing to do with skin color. The question that most of us are asking these days is, if you let in a certain amount of people, what does it do to our culture? Meaning our culture is screwy right now. We're screwed up by everything. We're screwed up by race. We're screwed up by the entire woke agenda. We're screwed up by all the gender stuff. And if you let in a whole bunch of people who think wildly different things and you do it just because, well, it's America and everybody should be here. Like, what would you actually be doing to your country? Now, earlier I mentioned what's been going on in Paris and in France for the last little bit and what's also been happening in Germany for quite some time, the Netherlands and some of the other Western European nations. Uh, but France has a particularly bad version of this because they let in hundreds of thousands of people, most of them legally, but some illegally as well. And now these people are out on the streets. They are rioting. They are burning down Paris. You're barely seeing it on the mainstream media because it doesn't fit the narrative. But this video is going viral. Uh, this is a, a French immigrant uh, well, I'm not even going to color it in any way. This is a French immigrant talking about why what's happening right now in Paris is happening. Racistes. Eh ben, ils nous ont colonisé 132 ans, et là c'est notre tour de venir ici pour 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 euh, comment t'expliquer là pour euh, euh, j'ai pas trouvé les mots. Ils nous ont colonisé 132 ans, et maintenant on va les coloniser à vie jusqu'à la mort, jusqu'à la fin des temps. France has a problem. Now, I don't want to make it seem like every immigrant in France is a believer of what that guy said, but clearly he's saying like the quiet part out loud to some extent, like, oh, you did something to our ancestors way back when, now we're here for payback. What's interesting, of course, is he's living a Western life. He's dressed like a Western citizen. He's speaking French, right? But he's basically saying, I'm here to destroy this country. So putting that aside, Putting France aside for a second, all I'm saying is from an American perspective, do we have every right to protect our border and say, hey, here are the things we believe in in this country. We believe in individual rights. We believe that women should be treated fairly. We believe that minorities should be treated fairly and all of those things. So you can't then bring in a whole bunch of people who don't believe, not only don't believe those things, but then are also a, a tax on the system, meaning they want social services, and then it's other people who actually get taxed to pay for their lifestyle, and then you end up in a really horrific situation like what France has right now, where they're gonna have to decide. The average Frenchman is going, and their political elite are going to have to decide, will we remain France? Will, we, will French culture mean anything? Or will we just give it away? That, that will be up for the French to decide, but here in America, I think we still have a chance to fix some of, it, some of this. But the machine isn't just trying to divide us on race, right? We know that. It's trying to divide us on gender. That's the other big one, that we're having a bigger issue, I think, in America than perhaps they're having in some of the European countries. Uh, this is wild. This is absolutely wild, but not surprising. A tweet from Kyle Becker here. I've had Kyle on the show a couple times. He's an actual journalist. Michigan House approves anti-free speech bill 
incorrect pronouns could cost you $10,000 or jail time. Uh, before I read a little bit of the clip, you may remember that many years ago now, it's about seven years ago when I first had Jordan Peterson on the show, right at the beginning of the Jordan Peterson thing. Look, I even did a Jordan Peterson finger movement. Uh, Jordan Peterson was railing against Bill C-16 in Canada, which was about gender pronouns and that you could be fined or jailed for gender pronouns. He said, that's the road we are going down. It is going to happen. And everybody said, you're a far right maniac. You're a bigot. You hate trans people and everything else. Well, that moved forward in Canada and it looks like it's coming to Michigan. Here's uh, some info from Becker News. The Michigan House of Representatives has recently passed a controversial bill, HB 4474, making it a felony to use gender pronouns in a manner that another citizen disagrees with. Under the terms of the new bill, those found guilty of such an offense could face a felony charge punishable by up to five years imprisonment or a fine of up to $10,000. The bill construes misgendering as an act of intimidation defined as a willful course of conduct involving repeated or continued harassment of another individual that would cause a reasonable individual to feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened, and that uh, actually causes the victim to feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened. The legislation explicitly designates sexual orientation and gender identity or expression as protected classes. The bill clarifies that gender identity or expression means having or being perceived as having a gender-related self-identity or expression, whether or not associated with an individual's assigned sex at birth. Do you get it, guys? Do you get it? Now, first off, Hopefully Michigan goes ahead and passes this and it works its way up through the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court strikes it down. You are allowed to call anyone by whatever gender pronoun you want to call them. You cannot stalk someone. You cannot repeatedly show up on their property, right? If, they, if, if Michigan wanted to defend people from, let's say, hate, they might want to do what we've done here in Florida. We strict, we tightened laws around property rights. So one of the things that DeSantis signed about four months ago or so was that he found that there were a bunch of people that were going around laws, right? So instead of just walking down the street, you know, yelling N-word at this guy or yelling you Jew bastard at this guy or whatever, they were repeatedly showing up at people's houses and putting flyers in their mailboxes. So he changed laws around that. That's not stopping anyone's speech. It's stopping it's, it's strengthening property rights. You can do it in public areas, but you can't do it uh, in some, on someone's property, right? There was a group of people that were putting uh, images of swastikas from across the street on a synagogue. He said, you can't project that onto someone's private property. That's not stopping you from doing whatever you want with the swastika in your own home, with your friends, at the, at the Nazi party, or any of those things, but you can't use, you can't infringe on someone else's property rights. That's the way you do it. But of course, that's not the way that Michigan is doing it. They are coming after people's actual speech, but it's not just happening in the media and it's not just happening in the government. It's also happening in our corporations. This one is wild. It's just, it's just such an assault on sanity. Uh, this is a woman by the name of Nady Akamoto. She is the CEO of a feminine products company called August. And apparently she's making products for anyone who bleeds out of there anywhere. Take a look. 
this is a good conversation for boys. My son is now 35, but when he was 11 or 12, I sent him to the store to buy a product. He's yeah. like, ew. Yeah. And I thought that's the wrong reaction. Yeah. You sent him to the store to go buy it. Some pads. <laughs> it's just another product scarred for life. Come on. No, but that's what we have to change. But that's the problem. Exactly. That's the problem. We have to change that. Some pads, if you must know. Yeah. But we so August to me is the result of spending years in the space identifying pain points, whether they be around sustainability. Like I grew up hating pads. Most pads have enough plastic for like three to five plastic bags, right? Yeah. So very scratchy, very uncomfortable, but also wanting a period positive, gender inclusive brand. So mm. we are August, wanting a gender inclusive name. On the back, it says we're here for everyone who menstruates. Uh -huh. And I think especially in this age of transphobia, it really means a lot to us to be proudly a gender inclusive brand. But Everything about the product we try to be super thoughtful about from uh, how we design it to be as comfortable, as absorbent as possible, but also as sustainable as possible. So, yeah, so with the water, what, what, I'm, I, I'm not sure what's happening here. What, I get to do a fun little... You know, we're living in this society. <laughs> good, that's good. We are living in a society, although I'm not sure for how much longer. That's George Costanza for you. The guys are testing out some fun little things. Um, that woman wants to have a period-positive, gender-inclusive tampon. Now, I'm in the studio right now with uh, three guys. There's three of you right there, and I'm a guy. Uh, just by a show of hands, guys, is anyone here bleeding from their vagina right now? <laughs> Brock actually looked down. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. Uh, you cannot bleed from your vagina if you don't have a vagina. Okay, uh, this has nothing to do with transphobia. Although if a man walked up to me on the street and said, my vagina's bleeding, can you help me? I would be a little bit afraid. I really would be, although I don't think that would be a phobia because a phobia is an irrational fear. And if a dude walked up to me, picture a 6'4 dude runs up to you, my vagina's bleeding, help me. I would, <laughs> I would have a legitimate fear of that person. So it's not even a phobia. They're just wrong about everything. So who is the, who is the culprit? It's not the government. It's not the government. It's the culture that is running downstream from our corporations. Why is it that a, a, a woman's tampon company gets on television, gets on network television to promote her tampons? They could have put on a normal tampon company, a, an old school tamp, give me uh, Tampax, let's say. I was an old school, I'm a little out of the game. Tampax, which was for women. They could have had them on that show and said, oh, women have periods. Uh, we make a product. We've been making this thing for quite some time and we just want you to know we're still making it. I don't know. It's got a string and a, uh, the whole thing's very disturbing, frankly. But we, they could have put them on. But no, they chose this woman and her company because she's anti-women, actually, right? She, yeah, okay, you got it. You got it. Let's continue. It, it's getting completely out of control. And more and more people are waking up to it. And the reason that I mentioned the Dana White thing up top and the UFC thing is there's something going on with the culture around UFC. It's like, because I guess it's somehow inherently a very masculine culture and it's about fighting and reality. And as I said earlier, nobody cares about race. So you don't get into a fight like, I'm going to beat the crap out of that white guy or black guy. It's like, you want to be the best freaking fighter, period. There's something about UFC fighters in general that they seem to be making a lot of sense on this stuff and they seem more willing to speak out about it. So NBA players seem very quiet about it, right? Uh, baseball players seem very quiet about it. Every now and again, you get an outlier. There was that Toronto Blue Jays pitcher who actually did speak out about some of this trans craziness and he actually got cut 
from the Blue Jays, which, so they all have their reasons, right? Uh, but anyway, I want to show you this clip. This is from uh, Joe Rogan's show. Uh, it's a UFC fighter. He's a major fighter. His name is Sean Strickland. And they start talking about how corporations actually are the ones that are now anti-America. It's like this unholy alliance that corporations are doing to America. They want women working, they want lower wages, and they want more consumerism. And it's like, I don't mean it like, I'm not sexist, like, oh, put women back in the kitchen, you know, they suck. And I love women, you know, take off the burka, wear a bikini, and huzzah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But we're, we're truly like in a, in a weird time to where like corporations are eroding eroding values of America. Well, they act within their best interests. And and their best interest is to keep people consumers and make sure that people just pay attention only to stupid You You have Walmart in in your phone now. You want to go... I mean, I can't even... Even me, I'm to blame. There's some times, you guys, where I'm like, maybe I'm a little depressed. I don't know. I'm in a bad mood. I'm like, I'm going to go on Amazon. Let's see what the... Amazon fairy is recommending me today. Maybe I could, maybe I could find something that'll give me a little serotonin boost. Find some happiness in a one click. Yeah, yeah, and then so it's like you, and then you have like, and then on top of that, now we go full circle. <clears throat> you have two parents working, and I'm going mostly on the West Coast. You have kids, dude. Las Vegas graduation rates less than fifty percent. High school dropout, no GED. I'm not one to talk. But how do you raise how do you raise a family, a successful family, when your kids are being raised by the system? Right. By Okay, so the reason I'm showing you that clip, it's not that they're saying anything that incredible or that brilliant, but isn't it much more honest than what you're getting out of Joy Reid over at MSNBC, what you're getting out of that CBS morning show, what you're getting out of the feminine, transphobic, non-transphobic product bleed thing like all of everything that is coming out of corporate culture right now is designed to make us dumb stupid question reality and everything else and then there's just like a bunch of other people be it dana white be it this strickland guy rogan what we're trying to do here some other people let's say rfk some other people who are just like this is all just kind of bullshit and nonsense desantis like how do we fight back against it and you have to decide what level of involvement you're going to have in the midst of this whole thing. And if you don't think it's going to come for you, you really have to understand that at every, you can't just bury your head in the sand on this one, right? You just can't because it's coming for you no matter what. We've talked a couple times in the last few weeks about this bill coming out of Cali where they're literally going to take children from parents who don't, do not affirm, and I use air quotes there because it's actually disaffirming, uh, when your child comes up to you and says, I'm actually a girl, uh, if you don't affirm that, they're going to actually, the state is going to take away your kids. That's just one example. Check, check this one out now, because you'll see how this is sort of, it's all becoming sort of like a social contagion. This is from the Washington Examiner. 40% of Brown University students say they are LGBT, suggesting social contagion. Right. Look, I'm not against gay people. I've said it once. I'll say it again. My husband's gay. Great guy. Love him. Okay, Uh, but the chances that 40 percent now it could be engineered at Brown University, meaning they're looking because the kids are putting that they're gay on their admissions and they want more gay people there for whatever reason that could possibly be. But by any standard deviation, there's there'd be no way that a college would have 40 percent 
gay kids. And the question is, why does Brown want that, right? So they're going out of their way to bring in more gay kids. The kid that's signing up the thing and saying, I'm lesbian, I'm two-spirit, whatever. Like, we want more of these kids. Which, by the way, you could connect to the affirmative action thing because it's another type of discrimination. If Brown is actively discriminating against straight kids, which they clearly are, then there's a problem. But there's also the social contagion element of it. That some of these kids are probably just confused. Some of them are probably just adolescent. It isn't to say, hopefully, any of them that are happen to actually be gay or lesbian will grow up and, and be in functional relationships and be decent members of society and all of those things. So this has nothing to do with going after the average gay person. It's about the social engineering part of it. Colleges seem to only want this sexuality and that skin color, et cetera, et cetera. It does not make sense, but it all adds up to what I've been talking about here, this weird cultural moment that we are in right now, right? So I want to continue on that a little bit because one of the things that I think is really uh, important is for a society to kind of feel right. Not just get the, the policies right, but like when you walk around that you should see, you should see beautiful things. You should see good architecture, right? You should see buildings that are an expression of humanity. And actually Tucker and Russell got into that as well. And I think it is, I actually do believe it is connected to what has been so broken about the human spirit that has led us to what we're dealing with right now. Architecture changed completely, and it went from designs that complemented the landscape around them to a kind of architecture that clearly hates people, that is designed to oppress the human spirit and make people feel without value, worthless. I think if you brought someone from the streets of Tokyo to the Cotswolds and said, what do you think of that building? He would say, that's beautiful, because beauty is inherent. Every person recognizes beauty. A Shinto temple in Kyoto, I recognize it immediately as beautiful, because it is. It's consistent with the symmetry of nature. Municipal and state buildings were once plainly an expression of a contract between the people yes. and their government of a yes. good faith relationship. I, I, that. I, just, I just thought that. I walked up with my wife in the rain on a village hall and I thought whoever built that cared about the people. It was built by the people who live there for the people who live there and they loved the people who live there because they were related to them or knew them. It was built by peasants without machines. Yeah. Okay. You know it's true, right? What Tucker just said there, like you look at something beautiful and you know it's true and then it, and then and you know it's beautiful, right? And then someone else from a completely other culture could walk up and see something beautiful and know it's beautiful. It's innate to being human. So we, we need to build beautiful things. I do the best I can within my house in terms of artwork and plants and everything that we have here to make it beautiful so that when I walk around and my team is here during the day, they, you feel good. You see good things around you and you feel good. And then hopefully it adds a little something to your spirit and then you can do better work. You can be happier and more fulfilled throughout the day. And, and sometimes, uh, guys, we have, to, we have to basically stop and smell the roses and see those things and acknowledge it because we went from neoclassical cities like DC to the postmodern looking McDonald's on every corner. It does not have to be this way. DC once built beautiful buildings and then it turned into these giant monstrosities. You got it, you got it. So what we have to be right now, I would say, is intolerant of a couple things. Yes, actually intolerant. We're always told we have to be tolerant. I actually think we should be intolerant of the neo-racism. I think we should be intolerant of the gender nonsense. And I think we should be intolerant of the anti-beauty that we see everywhere. Think of every government building you can think of. Think of your post office in your town. 
even here in Florida, and I never complain about anything in Florida, my local post office, it's an absolute dump. And it doesn't even have, they have the string, but no pen attached to it. Why is that? So the thing is, we must start saying no to some of the nonsense. One of the pieces of nonsense I really want to start saying no to, you've seen this one before. This is a headline from KATV. They are all our children. Biden emboldens teachers amid debate about parental rights. We need to become really intolerant of this idea, guys. They are not all our children. Hunter Biden is not my son and my kids are not Joe Biden's. Okay, and we better start becoming intolerant of that, which is a perfect segue to my friend Jordan Peterson. There's some other stuff we should become intolerant of as well. What? Tori what? Castration and double mastectomies for 13-year-olds? Well, yeah. No, or, seriously, oh, yeah. man. That's, that's crossed the line. That is not tolerance. That is an inexcusable silence on the part of the majority, the vast majority, who knows this to be wrong in the deepest possible sense. Most of the bloody Nazi propaganda that led to the extermination policies at the beginning of World War II were predicated initially on compassion and tolerance. So this whole, we're being compassion and tolerant. It's like, no, you're not. You're aiding and abetting the surgical mutilation of minors. That is not compassionate and it's not tolerant. Guys, that's it. So my message on this Monday is to stop being tolerant of everything. It is not a virtue. It really is not a virtue. We've got a great quote to end the show today from G.K. Chesterton. This is, this is it. Tolerance is the virtue of the man without convictions. Look, you can figure out ways to always be looking out for your neighbor, looking out for somebody that needs some help. But once you become tolerant of everything, you put tolerance at that at that apex of the hierarchy of importance, which unfortunately so many liberals do, you will be the one who acts racist. You will be the one who goes after women and who goes after gays and everyone else, and you will do it in the name of tolerance. And that, my friends, is a problem. But it's Monday, and that means it's Mean, Mom mean Monday over at the RubenReport.Locals.com community. Here's the one I put up this morning. Dad, I think I lost a bag. Don't worry, I'm sure it'll show up. Yes, there is cocaine at the White House. We shall find out if they find out who put the cocaine there. My money's on Hunter, we shall see. Uh, by the way, I have to do one correction. You know we like the corrections during the show. I have been informed that there's actually 34 black NHL players. 34 black ice hockey players, very exciting. That's what a feel-good ending, guys, for a Monday show. That's just spectacular. Uh, guys, my full episode with Tamara Lick. She is, uh, uh, no, her, I'm pronouncing it wrong. Tamara Leach is the correct pronunciation. Uh, she was one of the leaders of the Canadian trucker convoy. She came down to Miami so we could sit down. Uh, and she's going through insane uh, legal hurdles right now and fighting the government. And just, it's really, real, really wild. Uh, you should check that out. It's up on Rumble and Locals and YouTube right now. Uh, I leave you with a cold close of the elderly man pretending to be president and his brainless sidekick. And we will see everybody for the post-game show at rubenreport.locals.com in just a moment. Look, when I came to office, we had incredibly high unemployment. We're in a situation where we were had very little movement on anything going on. Well, and I'm glad you talked about the economy. Let's talk about the economy. Um, 
what I believe we must do is continue to be vigilant and fighting for folks who have a right to be seen and their circumstances to be. What a stupid son of a bitch. Because we have the ability to actually alleviate the burdens that people are carrying that make it difficult for them to get through the day or the month. What the hell are you talking about? To have an impact on tomorrow. And we can't shortchange the significance of that. I don't know whether people realize how much of a burden this is. It's cruel. Come on, give me a break here. To be a model. Of the What's going on here? I don't understand what you're, the point you're trying to make. Of a democracy to coexist with an economic strength and power. We Why me, God? You can see this and aspire to this and reject autocracy. None of this is worth it. Leadership. None of this is Glad worth it. Glad we're having this conversation. I think we have to continue to elevate the conversation. tuning into the Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.